everybody and welcome back to episode two of Energetics and Alchemy. Uh, My name is Kira and I'm really grateful for anyone that is listening to this episode after listening to the first one. If you're tuning in again, then thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's a really beautiful sunny day here in Brisbane at the moment, so I just wanted to sit down and record before kind of getting into the rest of today's activities. I also just want to say a little thank you to the people that are tuning into these early episodes. We're still trying to, I guess, perfect the audio quality for these, so my partner has been helping with that. Um, So hopefully they sound okay, but I'm sure it will get better as it goes. So just bear with us and I appreciate, um, yeah, your patience and that you're tuning in anyway. So as mentioned in the last episode I did, um, these next few episodes are going to be focusing on the 12 universal laws because I feel like these are a really good intro into basically just energetic work And they kind of set the foundation for understanding why things are the way they are and why um, energy and manifestation are kind of things that work. And so one of the hardest things to kind of get into when getting into manifestation is really believing that it works. And so this will help with supporting that belief. Just another quick note before we dive straight in, Um, I do actually have two cats and they are very persistent meows at my office door when I have the door closed. So if you do hear any meowing, um, that's what that is and I do apologise for that, but they love attention and they always want to be in the one room that they're not meant to be in at that time. So (laughs) Celine is currently at the door meowing, but um, I don't think... It's too kind of um, too loud, so hopefully it's not being picked up in the recording. But yeah, so I think the 12 universal laws are just yeah a very good foundation for understanding why all of this stuff works. Um, so it's almost like the philosophy that all of the energetic and manifestation stuff is hinged on. So as I just mentioned, there are 12 universal laws that at this point in time have kind of universally been accepted to be true. And these laws often come up in spiritual practices. So the origin of where these laws came from is a little foggy, but they are believed to be just kind of intrinsic laws that originated from ancient cultures all over the world and have always just been kind of intuitively known. In saying that, I did obviously do a bit of research into the background of where these originated from and... There is a lot of evidence that points to these laws being associated with Ho'oponopono. I hope I said that right. (laughs) Um, Which comes from ancient Hawaiian culture, as well as Hermetic philosophy, which leads back to ancient Egypt. So while the origin of where these laws first started is a little unclear, uh, what is clear is that they have stood the tests of time and have been applied particularly in spiritual contexts for longer than we are even really able to trace back. So before we go into any more detail, I will just give like a bit of an outline of what the 12 universal laws actually are. So we have the law of divine oneness, the law of vibration, the law of correspondence, law of attraction, which is probably the one Um, I feel like gets talked about the most, so a lot of people are probably familiar with that one. Then we have the law of inspired action, law of perpetual transmutation of energy, 
Law of cause and effect, law of compensation, law of relativity, law of polarity, law of rhythm, and law of gender. And so the reason it's really helpful to understand these laws is because they are always working, whether you're aware of that or not. So it's similar to the law of gravity. We may not necessarily be consciously noticing or thinking about the fact that gravity is working. And on an individual level, we may not understand the exact science behind gravity, but it just is. So I know for me personally, I don't actually know how gravity works, but I know that it is always working. And yeah, it just is like the law of gravity just is. That's the way it is. And the 12 universal laws are essentially the same. So they just are and they're always working. So being able to understand them and use them in our favor gives us an advantage in life. Again, similar to gravity. So if you were to drop something, you would just know and trust that that thing is going to fall down and land on the floor because that's just gravity at work. So we basically want to get to the point where we have that same kind of um, belief in the laws of the universe. So we need to just trust that they're always working. So yeah, I'm going to just focus on three of these laws for each episode, I think, so I can cover them all um, a bit more in depth and probably go over like maybe three or four episodes. I mean, it'll be four episodes if I do three per episode, but um, some of them might have a bit less information, I guess. So I might be able to squeeze four or so into a few of the later episodes. But yeah, so this episode is going to focus on the first, second and third laws, which are the law of divine oneness, law of vibration and law of correspondence. So with that all said, let's dive into it. So we're going to start with the law of divine oneness, which is the first of the universal laws. And so we will be covering them in order because I feel like they kind of go in an order for a reason. So yes, law of divine oneness is the first of the universal laws, and it's almost kind of seen as like the universal law. <laughs> so it sets the foundation, I guess, for the other universal laws, which all really stem from the idea of everything being connected in a way, a way that can't necessarily be seen so intangibly. So this law is basically centered around, as it sounds, everything in our universe being one, and in turn, everything being interconnected. So it focuses on the interconnectedness of all things. So you, your partner, the people that you see on the street every day, the people that you work with, your friends, uh, but not just people either. This law suggests that beyond our senses, every thought, action and event is in some way connected to anything and everything else. So everything in the universe is an extension of source energy, which means nothing is separate on a spiritual level. So we're all kind of made up of that same energy, if that makes sense. So with this law, we really want to be understanding and recognizing that everything is connected and that we are all one. So for anyone that has seen The Lion King 2, um, they actually have a song in that movie called We Are One. That kind of is about this law, I guess. I mean, they're obviously talking about it in like a nature animal kind of context. Um, but yeah, for anyone that's seen that movie, that song is kind of the vibe we're going for here. So one of the things that we do as humans is we get caught up in our ego. And so when we're in our ego, we're generally highlighting or wanting to highlight our individuality and what separates us from others. So we have a very... um separated viewpoint when it comes to looking at ourselves compared to other people we like to view ourselves as different 
And of course, that's not to say that you don't have a degree of individuality. Um, We are obviously all individual people and we express ourselves very differently. But the idea here is that beyond our individuality and our differences and our kind of external expression, we are all made of the same energy. So we're all made from the same elements and we're all kind of chips off the same block. So if you are someone that kind of dabbles in the world of spirituality and woo-woo kind of stuff, you may have heard people refer to the collective, which kind of ties into this idea. So the collective is basically just, I guess, people and society as a whole. So we are the collective and we're all interconnected. So because of this, our thoughts, actions and behaviours are always impacting the greater all. So we're not just operating on an individual level, but on a collective level as well, whether we're aware of this or not. So it's like when people say um, that they're doing something for the greater good, like it's kind of like that idea, the greater good is the greater all. So everything you're doing is impacting people beyond just yourself. So again, when we're caught up in our egos, we are kind of going through life not thinking about how our actions are having this greater ripple effect on the whole collective, as well as other parts of our lives. And so generally the way we're encouraged to embrace this universal law is by understanding that we are all one and that showing compassion and consideration for others is acting for the greater good. So when you're helping others, you're helping the collective And when you're showing compassion to others, you are showing compassion to the collective. Uh, Likewise, on a more kind of negative skew, when you do harm to others, you're harming the collective. And also understanding that the things you do in your life have a greater ripple effect, I guess, on the rest of your life as well. So everything's connected in that sense too, which we will go a little bit more in depth with as we go through the other universal laws too. So on a broad spectrum and going back to how our actions and beliefs and whatnot can affect other people um, and the collective, the idea here is that basically if we're working on our inner selves and bringing, you know, a more positive, um, grateful, healed mindset to the world, that's going to be raising the collective as a whole as well. Um, So we're going to be contributing to creating a more beautiful, kind, um, healthy world. And on the other hand, if we're showing up with, you know, a more negative, um, unhealed mindset, then we're going to be contributing to that kind of being in the collective as well. So another example of this law at work on a more individual level is how much we can be influenced by what is happening around us. So the law of divine oneness means that our interconnectedness causes us to pick up on the energy of things happening outside of us on a macro and a micro level. So we're very heavily influenced by the people and environment that we're in basically at all times. So this can explain the times where you might feel kind of heavy or sad or angry or upset and you don't quite understand why. If you're in an environment where other people are kind of feeling sadness or negativity or anger or frustration, even without you being consciously aware of that, if everyone's experiencing those emotions around you, it's going to be highly likely that you're going to end up picking up on that and almost absorbing these emotions yourself. Your energy level will kind of be affected by what's happening around you. And so that doesn't need to be like it doesn't 
only happen if the people around you are kind of consciously outwardly expressing that. Again, it's all about energy and what our energy fields are kind of picking up on. So you could be in a room with someone who's upset and even if they're not outwardly expressing that, like they're not crying or they're not getting um, emotional, like your vibration will still kind of pick up on them feeling that way. Your vibration will pick up on their vibration. So that's a very blanket view of the law of divine oneness. So again, it's basically just all about this interconnectedness and how everything is connected. And so how we can use this law to our advantage is using this idea of interconnectedness. We can create ripple effects throughout our lives by paying attention to our attitudes and behaviors, as well as how we're showing up and treating and acting towards other people and those around us, which will have not only an effect on our lives directly, but also again, the collective. And who wouldn't want to be living in a world that is just in general a more happy, positive place to be? So basically, if we're focusing on keeping our own energy and our own vibration in check, this can have a greater ripple effect on our own lives on an individual level, but also on the collective as well. And so the more that we're bringing that kind of positive energy into our own lives, the more we're going to be exerting that into the collective too and just kind of raising the vibration of the collective as a whole and so on the topic of vibration that brings us to our next universal law which is the law of vibration so this law is one that you may be a little bit more familiar with it's basically the law that suggests that everything in the universe is always in motion and everything has its own vibration so when we say in motion obviously not necessarily moving in a way that we can physically see, but everything is vibrating at a particular frequency. So we're all made up of matter and matter moves and vibrates and all matter has its own unique vibrational pattern. And so that applies to literally everything in our world. Um, So even things like light, sound, heat are all vibrations that we perceive as those things. So they're just different vibrational frequencies that we're perceiving in a certain way. So literally everything has a vibration. So inanimate objects have a vibration, people have a vibration, animals have a vibration. And so second to that, this law basically states that the same principles of vibration that apply to physical objects and us as humans also apply to our thoughts, feelings and desires. So our thoughts, emotions, and desires send out vibrations into the universe, and every thought or mental state has a corresponding rate and mode of vibration. And this is where the idea of, you know, high vibe and low vibe emotions and thoughts come in. And so the rate or speed at which something vibrates is referred to as its frequency. So this frequency is our vibrational energy. So this universal law doesn't only focus on the fact that we have a vibrational frequency, but on how we can learn to adjust our vibration from low to high. So when we're caught in less than ideal moods or situations, we're generally vibrating at a lower frequency, whilst when we're experiencing more positive emotions and experiences, we're in a higher vibration. And so our emotions and moods and thoughts are probably the most influential thing over our vibration at any given moment, along with what we're experiencing in our external world, which we'll go a little bit more into detail with later. 
And so this idea of low vibrational emotions and high vibrational emotions is, of course, a spectrum as well. So it's not just kind of they're high or they're low. We have like a low vibe, a high vibe, and then there's all of this space in the middle too. So there's actually a scale often used in manifestation practices called the emotional scale. And it's basically a scale of all the different emotions we can feel, including joy, freedom, love, empowerment, passion, eagerness, enthusiasm. These are all the highest end of the scale. In the middle of the scale is things like boredom, pessimism, overwhelm. So they're things that aren't necessarily like super high vibe or super low vibe. They're just kind of in that middle area. And then lower down are things like anger, hatred, jealousy, insecurity. And the lowest vibrational emotion we can experience is fear, grief, despair, and powerlessness. So this scale basically rates the emotions we can feel and the philosophy behind it is that it's almost like a ladder. So if you are in one of the lowest vibrational states, instead of jumping straight from, say, anger or hatred right up the ladder to joy, you can kind of move up one step at a time. So hatred may turn into blame and then blame may take a step up into disappointment, uh, which may then turn into pessimism and then kind of just boredom and then maybe contentment before we can then make the jump into more high vibe emotions like happiness and joy. So I do want to kind of discuss that and go into more detail with that in a later episode, Um, but this is a really great tool for kind of explaining and understanding the law of vibration too. And so our goal really at the end of the day is to stay in a high vibe state as often as possible. Of course, it's not possible to be high vibe literally all of the time. So, of course, you're going to experience low vibrational moments. But again, the key to this universal law is learning how to work with these vibrations and to be able to recognize when you're in a low vibe state, when you need to kind of just respect this and sit with this, or when you need to work on shifting out of this and climbing back up the ladder and how to do that. So it's okay to be in a low vibe state, but we don't ever want to be staying in that state. There are no bad feelings, but there are certain low vibrational feelings that we will want to work through to get back to those high vibe feelings. And so the first step towards actually being able to work with our vibrational energy and shift out of those low vibe moments is being able to tune into it. So tuning into what we're feeling and recognizing when we are in a low vibrational state versus when we're in a high vibrational state. So once we've really tuned into our bodies and can identify when we're in a low vibe state or a high vibe state, it's easier then to implement shifting that vibe when we need to. We can't expect to be able to shift our vibration if we're not even able to recognize what vibration we're at. So my first recommendation when it comes to working with the law of vibration would really just be to spend some time feeling into how you're feeling at any given moment and whether you're in a low vibe state or a high vibe state. And so when you're obviously in like a not great mood, um, just kind of acknowledging that that is a low vibrational state. And when you're in a very positive, happy, high kind of mood, acknowledging that that's a high vibe state. And then as you kind of practice doing this, you're going to get more familiar with what feels high vibe and what feels low vibe. And you're going to be easier able to recognize this within yourself. And so once we're able to better recognize the states that we're in, that's when we can kind of work towards being able to then shift those states. 
So for me personally, when I know I'm in a low vibrational state, which I can tell pretty quickly just from, you know, recognizing how that feels within me, I can then kind of implement exercises or, you know, strategies to kind of shift myself out of that low vibe situation. And so one of my favorite exercises for being able to shift into a high vibrational state is going into your phone note, starting a new note called High Vibe Ladder. And in this note, you're going to write down absolutely every little thing that you know puts you in a high vibe state. So for example, some of my high vibe things I like to do to help me shift into that higher vibration are things like lighting candles, having a bath, treating myself to a coffee, getting my nails done, that kind of stuff. So it's things that I know if I go and do them, they will almost immediately shift me into like a little bit of a higher vibration. So if I'm feeling kind of low, I know that, you know, lighting some candles, having a bath, that kind of stuff will almost immediately shift me out of that state. And so the idea basically is that once we've done this practice, we'll then have a whole list of things that we know can shift us into a higher vibe. And you can refer to that list whenever you need it. And once we know what these things are, we can then focus more on doing these things just on a day-to-day basis. So it doesn't need to be stuff that you only do when you're feeling low or sad or not great. Um, We really want this to be stuff that we're kind of weaving into our everyday routines. So we're essentially then starting to craft a life for ourselves that enables us to stay in that higher vibration. And again, that doesn't mean we're going to be high vibe absolutely all of the time, but we really want to be trying to stay in that vibration for as much of the time as possible. And so along with making note of what puts us in a high vibe state, we also want to be making note of what puts us into a low vibe state. So this might be certain people or activities or experiences or even just things around you. For example, like having a messy house or a messy space. And so once we've identified these things, we can also work on avoiding those things within our everyday lives. So the things that are going to shift us into a lower vibration. If you know that there are certain things that you might be doing in your everyday routine, for example let's say sleeping in really late into the morning. I know for me, that's a very low vibrational thing. And that might not apply to everyone. Like obviously everyone's different. So some people might find that getting that sleep in for them is actually like a high vibe moment. For me personally, I know that the feeling of sleeping in and waking up late in the morning, see, it's not even the feeling of sleeping in. Like at the end of the day, I love sleep and I love staying in bed. But the feeling of waking up and getting out of bed at say 9, 30, 10 o'clock in the morning just puts me in such a low vibrational state for the rest of the day because I feel like I've wasted the morning. Like it just doesn't put me in a good mood. So I'm not going to do that in my everyday routine. On weekends and whatnot, I still get up early because I know that that's going to put me in a higher vibe state. Like I know that I'm going to be set up for a better day by just getting up that little bit earlier. So we don't want to be including anything really that puts us into a low vibe state into our everyday routine. And so same applies for people. If there's people that you know you associate or engage with that put you in a low vibrational state, as brutal as it sounds, remove these people from your life or remove them as much as possible. Obviously, if it's people, you know, you work with or something like that, that you can't just completely avoid, fair enough but you need to kind of assess how you can limit, I guess, the interactions you're having with these people. 
And if it is people that you're actively choosing to engage with and don't have to engage with, then sometimes you do just have to take that plunge and remove these people from your life. It can feel kind of brutal in the moment, but if they're bringing down your vibrational state, why would you want to be spending time with these people? So yes, we really want to be focusing on incorporating more of what puts us into a high vibe state into our lives and distancing ourselves from the things that put us into a low vibrational state. And so just shifting back to the higher vibe stuff as well. Um, I know a lot of the stuff I mentioned was like lighting candles and having baths, that kind of stuff. I also just want to mention that like meditation and movement practices can also be a really great way to shift your vibration. So movement in particular is another one of my favorites. So if you're feeling low vibe, literally just try putting on a song that makes you feel really high vibe and dance to it. So even if this is just for five minutes, I can guarantee you that afterwards you will have moved up the vibrational ladder, even if it's just a little bit. Again, we don't necessarily expect to go from being in a really low vibe state to immediately jumping to a really high vibe state. Um, we just want to kind of take it in steps to kind of shift our vibration up. And so another thing I want to mention as well is that it's not only possible to shift from a low vibe into a higher vibe state, uh, this can of course go the other way as well. So if you're in a high vibe state and start engaging in lower vibe activities, of course you're going to start shifting your vibration to a lower frequency. So I'm sure we've all experienced times where we've maybe been in a really good mood and then we watch a movie or a TV show or see or hear something that just takes us right out of that mood. Whether it's like more of an accidental thing and we aren't aware that we're kind of about to put ourselves into that situation. Um, or sometimes it's even on a more intentional level. So I'm sure we can all relate to those times where you might be in a kind of neutral mood or a good mood, but you almost choose that you want to look at something that's going to hurt you or listen to something that's going to hurt you. So you put on like a sad song or you go and look at, you know, um, something on social media that you just know is probably going to upset you. And so this is literally doing the opposite of what we want to be doing. So we don't want to be intentionally moving down the vibrational ladder. Um, I know we're all guilty of it at times, even I've done that to myself, but we really want to be focusing on moving up the ladder and not down the ladder. And so how this concept ties into manifestation is that when we're trying to manifest something, we want to be a vibrational match for this thing. And the law of vibration comes before the law of attraction. So you need to really check and align your vibration before you'll be able to attract the thing that you're wanting to attract. So you will only be attracting things to yourself that match up with your energy. And you'll only be attracting vibrations that match up with your vibration. So to be matching our vibration to our desires in order to manifest them, we want to basically be embodying the vibration of the version of us who already has this thing and really carrying ourselves in that energy. So for example, if you're trying to manifest working for yourself or working in your dream job, you need to focus on matching the vibration of the version of you that already has achieved this. So how would they be feeling? What emotions would they be in? What would they be doing and thinking? What would they be wearing? And so we really want to match this. So for example, if you know that that version of you would always have their nails done and always have their hair done and makeup done and look really lovely, um, then we want to be trying to match that energy in our current situations as well. And so that's more of a superficial example, but you get where I'm going with that. 
And so we also want to be remembering that our thoughts also have vibrational energy and will shift our overall vibration as well. So we pretty much constantly have the power within us to shift our vibration and energy as we need to. And things like affirmations can also help us to be matching the vibrational energy of what we're trying to manifest. Um, So affirmations are a really good way to change your thought patterns. So saying things like, I love that I work for myself in my dream job is going to be subconsciously shifting your vibration into alignment with these statements. And so the more that you're saying these statements, the more they kind of become second nature and you'll be thinking them without kind of consciously saying them out loud. So it's one thing to kind of have thoughts on occasion that we're intentionally kind of putting into our head to shift our vibration. Um, It's a whole nother level to be doing that regularly enough that those thoughts become second nature to us and just become what we genuinely believe and think. And that's the goal, really. That's where we want to be. So visualization is another really great way to match your vibration to what you're desiring. So visualizing that you've already achieved the thing or attracted the thing and doing visualization and meditation exercises that help you to really step into the vibration of this. Again, we want to be thinking about how it feels, what emotions you'd be experiencing. We want to really feel into this to the point where it's literally shifting our present vibration to match this future experience. So in summary, what you align with vibrationally, you will then be able to attract and you need to be vibrationally aligned before the law of attraction can then even come into the equation. And so outside of manifestation, the law of vibration can also be a really, really helpful tool in lots of other ways in our day-to-day life as well. So for example, it can be a really great tool for decision-making as we can tap into how things make us feel in terms of our vibration. So if you're, for example, trying to make a decision, um, say trying to decide between two job opportunities that have come up, you can really tap into this and determine what feels more high vibe to you and in turn, which is the better option. So it's a bit of a less logical approach, I guess. So instead of just sitting down and working out the pros and cons for each job, you can kind of feel into the vibration that they have. And so we can also use it as a guide toward what we want to be investing our time and energy into versus what we don't want to invest time and energy into and almost use this as a bit of a compass to determine which direction we want to go. So it may seem like a given, but if something or someone or a certain place is feeling low vibrational to you, this is not something we should be investing our time or energy into. So the places and experiences and people that feel high vibe to us are the ones that are meant for us. And sometimes this is kind of like a subconscious thing. So, for example, if there's someone that just feels low vibe to you and doesn't feel like they bring you joy or comfort or any high vibe emotions, that's a pretty good indicator that that person is not meant for us. And it might be one of those situations where you can't quite pinpoint exactly what is necessarily wrong with this person or why it is that they're not a match for you. Um, But sometimes you just need to tune into your vibration and how that person is making you feel when you are around them. And if it's not great, then that is reason enough to not be engaging with that person anymore. You don't necessarily need a reason beyond that. And so we can't always be avoiding things that might bring our vibration down. So we are humans that are operating in a world full of other humans and other things and other, you know, situations happening around us. 
But as you kind of grow your ability to really tune into and shift your vibration, you'll find that you're better able to manage those outside external sources that can influence this. So, for example, someone who hasn't done any work around this kind of stuff may really struggle to not be affected by the things happening around them, um, the things that are outside of their control, as opposed to somebody who may be very tuned into their vibrational frequency, their intuition, and be really familiar with how to shift their vibration and regulate their emotions. So eventually you get to a point where regardless of what is happening around you, you can really hold your own vibration and you're not as affected by it. You could be around someone that is in a low vibe state and you're not just immediately going to kind of be influenced by that. You're going to be able to stand firm in your own emotions and kind of just block out those negative vibes around you. So the final law that I wanted to talk a little bit about today is the law of correspondence. So this law states that what happens around us is a direct reflection of what is happening within us and vice versa. It essentially states that there is always a correspondence between our outer and inner worlds, and as a result, they are always connected and affecting each other. So similarly to the law of vibration, this law calls us to really pay attention to what we are allowing into our energy fields, because this directly influences what we are feeling internally, which then directly affects us um, in what we are experiencing in our lives externally. So it also calls us to acknowledge that what we are feeling, or as just discussed, our vibration is in turn affecting our outer world. And so once again, similarly to all of the laws, this law is working whether you are aware of it or not. So this law being in action is not a conscious decision. However, what we are choosing to consume and give attention to can be. And that's where our power and control over these kind of things comes in. So if our inner world is very chaotic or bitter or negative, then this law states that our outer world will reflect this and vice versa. If our outer world is chaotic, negative or bitter, then we will likely be feeling this internally as well. Um, So likewise, on the plus side, if we're experiencing love and joy and happiness and gratitude on the inside, our outer world will also reflect this. So essentially the idea is that you get back what you put out. And so this law also means that we cannot change our outer world without first changing our inner world too. So you can make as many changes externally as you like, but without doing the inner work too, the outer world is still going to continue reflecting what you're feeling internally. So this is why it's so, so important that we are working on our own selves and doing the internal work and the mindset work and the unlearning of negative beliefs so that we can facilitate change in our realities as well. And so the thing about this law as well is that it does go both ways. So while our external world is influenced by what we're experiencing within, our inner world is also obviously affected by what we are experiencing externally. So it's really this idea of as within, so without, as above, so below. It's all a cycle that can flow both ways. And at times it can almost be a bit of a vicious cycle if we're not bringing awareness to it or kind of making those conscious choices. So if you're in a negative state of mind and your external world is reflecting this, then you're going to be attracting more and more negative experiences. And so these negative experiences are going to then reinforce the negative state of mind you're already in and so on and so forth. So we can't really break this cycle consciously anyway without understanding the law of correspondence. 
So once you understand that what you're experiencing is really directly linked with how you are thinking and feeling and you make that decision to shift how you're thinking and feeling, um, then that's when you have the ability to break this cycle. And so again, this is at play whether we know it or not. So an example of this might be where some people experiencing what we refer to as catching a break. Um, So the times where you may have some, you know, crappy luck and end up in a bit of a crappy mood because of it. But then after a while, some good stuff happens and your mood picks up and things are going really well for a while. But then something else happens that's not so great and you end up back in the low vibes and experiencing low vibe things. So even though you may not realize it and you may not be consciously changing your vibration and in turn experience, it's still happening on an unconscious level. And so that's where we then have the ability to learn how to work with this law and learn to use it to our advantage. And so the good news is that while this can become a bit of a cycle, it doesn't always need to be a vicious cycle. It can work in a positive way too. So if we have a kind of positive mindset, that means we're going to be bringing in more positive experiences, which then, of course, will amplify then those positive, happy emotions, which then means more positive experiences and so on and so on. So I want to talk a little bit about how we actually go about breaking or if you're not in a cycle, preventing falling into cycles like this. So not everyone is typically in a cycle like that. So some people might just be going through life and they're not kind of, um, you know, they might be in more of a neutral situation where it's not like they're in this cycle of negative things happening, but they're also not in a cycle of, you know, really positive things happening either. So in that case, we want to kind of be preventing falling into a cycle like this where something bad might happen and then we shift into this negative mindset and then that then kind of draws in even more bad things happening. So if you are finding yourself in one of these uh, kind of spirals or you're just wanting to, I guess, prevent that from happening, the first thing we really want to do is assess our thoughts and attitudes. So we want to go inward and really look at what damaging thoughts and beliefs we may be holding. So if you're in a constant state of thinking that, you know, the world sucks and there's nothing we can do about it, you're perpetuating a reality where this is the truth for you. So we need to be looking at ourselves and how we are actually facilitating this cycle within ourselves. So what thoughts are we having that may be contributing to this cycle and where are they coming from? And then once we've kind of identified these thoughts, we want to unpack them and disprove them. So we're almost undoing those thoughts. So, for example, if you do feel like the world sucks, we need to unpack why it is that you're feeling this way. So what are you so unhappy with in life that you truly feel like the world is not a nice place to be in? Um, What is kind of causing that belief for you? So it might be something that is presently happening or it might be something that has happened in the past. It could be, you know, money issues or greater world issues. Um, Is it that you're not happy in your current job or your current relationship or just your current situation in general? We really want to get to the root of where these thoughts and feelings are actually coming from. And then once we've got an idea of what is causing these thoughts, we either want to look at really solving the issue or disproving these beliefs and instilling new, more positive beliefs into us. So, for example, if the issue is you're not happy in your relationship, then you really need to look at how you can change this. Whether that's looking for ways you can improve the relationship, identifying what the issues actually are, or in, you know, really serious cases, it might be just ending that relationship. And so the same applies for if you're not happy in your career. So life is too short to be in situations that we aren't happy with. 
And if something isn't doing it for you, it's up to you to change that. And so sometimes these thoughts might not be stemming from an actual experience we're having. It might just be something a bit more belief-based. So say, for example, it's not something specific that's necessarily bothering you, but it's just that you have this belief instilled in you that nothing good ever happens to you. So once again, I'd suggest really looking into why you have this belief in the first place and where it's actually stemming from. Um, So whether that's, you know, something you've just grown up hearing other people say or whether it's something, you know, that might have happened years ago that's made you believe that is the case. Once we've kind of identified this belief and where it's come from, we then want to reprogram our minds to replace this with something a little bit more positive. So to disprove this belief, we might think of all of the times that really, really great things have actually happened to us and use this to reinforce in our own minds that, no, that's not true. Really great things can and do happen to me. Um, Like the time I met X person or when I landed my job at X company or when I had X opportunity pop up for me. I'm sure for even people who feel like they have the absolute worst luck and nothing good ever happens to them, you can think of at least a few occasions where something really, really great has happened for you. And in saying that, it doesn't even need to be these really, really great, amazing things. Um, It's just kind of looking for, I guess, the good in our lives. So again, we're not expecting to jump from like the lowest vibration to the highest vibration in one go. Um, But we can just start with small things. So, you know, small good things that have happened to us that will instill that belief that good things can happen to us. So this could be as simple as, you know, having a roof over your head or being in good health or having a job. These are things that a lot of people would be so, so grateful to have and that we generally kind of take for granted. So we want to really be able to identify anything that goes against this thought that nothing good ever happens to us. And so the next time we're having these kind of negative thoughts, we're then able to challenge them. And I promise you that once you've put this into practice enough, it does become second nature. So it's like your mind just has your own back eventually. And as soon as a negative thought pops into your mind, it will just be like, hold on a second, that's not true. And here's why. It's just a matter of really getting into the rhythm and habit of doing this. And it will just become a habit. It will become something you do. Um, just naturally you won't even really need to be thinking about it in saying that it is a process it does take a long time to get to that point it's not something that you can just do for a week and that's going to happen but if you're doing this consistently throughout your life you will get to the point where it becomes more natural so second to looking at our thoughts and beliefs and patterns around that kind of stuff we also want to really be paying attention to the things that we're consuming So what you're feeling at any given moment is a combination of your beliefs, the things you are exposing yourself to, and how you're reacting to those things. And so this could be things like um, the emotions you're choosing to feel into, the attitudes of the people around you, what you're watching on TV, what you're engaging with on social media, all of those kind of things. So the essence of all of these things impacts us energetically So I want you to start noticing what is draining you or having a negative impact and what is energizing you and having a positive impact. And we want to be really, really choosy with what we're consuming. So we did touch on this back when we were talking about the law of vibration. Uh, But yeah, we just want to be really choosy with what we're actually letting into our lives and what we're spending time with and putting our energy towards. We basically want to be like protecting our inner worlds. 
And in order to protect our inner world, sometimes we do have to cut things out and stop engaging with things that are lowering our vibration. Um, So again, look at the things like the people you're spending time with, the people you're following on social media, uh, the content you're watching, the music you're listening to, the books that you're reading. If you spend your days listening to sad music, hanging out with people that do nothing but complain and be negative, watching, you know, cynical, dark TV shows about how much the world sucks and reading really awful news stories about awful things all the time, notice these things and start to change them because they're not going to be doing any good for how you're feeling internally and in turn that's not going to be doing any good for the reality you're experiencing. Our outer world is a reflection of our inner world and it's up to us to keep our inner world in check. And so second to that, we don't just want to be cutting the negative things out, we also want to be filling our lives up with positive things too, so vibration boosting things. Uh, So we want to be following accounts on social media that make you feel lit up, we want to be spending more time with people who energize you and bring your vibe up, people you love, people you can laugh with, spending more time doing your vibration boosting activities, and you know, listening to music that cheers you up, watching movies that cheer you up, uh, watching TV shows that cheer you up. And this is different and subjective for everyone. So someone, for example, who really enjoys true crime stuff might find that that is a mood-boosting thing for them to be watching or consuming, whereas there's obviously going to be other people who would find that a low-vibrational thing to be engaging with. So there's no wrong or right when it comes to this. You just need to feel into these things and how they make you feel internally. So we just really want to be remembering that we are the energetic average of the things that we're choosing to surround ourselves with. You are what you are consuming and giving attention to, so don't be afraid to be really ruthless with who and what you're surrounding yourself with. As discussed with the law of vibration, practicing managing our emotions and our vibrational frequency will help us to build up almost a tolerance to the external world and we will be better equipped to protect our inner worlds and hold our vibration regardless of what is happening externally. Or that's the goal anyway. So as much as the law of correspondence might be at play, and there's always going to be that connection between what we're experiencing externally and what we're experiencing internally, the goal eventually is that we're less affected, I guess, by the external world and our inner world kind of has control over our experience. Because we can't control the external world, but we can control our internal world. And of course, there may be times where the external world is almost just too much for us to be able to hold steadfast through whatever's happening. Um, You know, say, for example, we're experiencing a major tragedy or just really, really unfortunate circumstances. But you at least get to a point where, you know, being around somebody who's in a crappy mood isn't going to just immediately make your vibration and energy plummet. So those are the first three of our universal laws. Um, Thank you to those who have stuck it out to the end of this episode. I really enjoyed talking about those. I might actually end up breaking these universal law episodes up a little bit with just like other small episodes in between. Um, I'm not 100% sure yet, so just kind of see what direction we end up going in. But I am really excited to be talking about more of the universal laws in future episodes. So yeah, once again, thank you all again for listening. I hope you found the information in this episode useful and that there were at least a handful of things that really resonated with you and might have shifted the way that you look at things because that is really the goal here.
I hope everyone enjoys the rest of their day, whatever time it is, wherever you are. Um, for me, it's about lunchtime at the moment, just before. And my plan for the rest of the day is to do some gardening and plant TLC. So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, I hope you all have really beautiful days and I will talk to you in the next episode. Uh, for those of you interested as well, you can find um, the podcast on Instagram over at Energetics and Alchemy. Um, so I'll be posting little tidbits of information over there as well, um, as well as, you know, updates on episodes coming out too. Thank you all again so, so much. And I will talk to you in the next episode.